0: What is going on everybody welcome to the foundation first fitness show with Bob back on today is episode 13 and also our first Q&A session so I'm really pumped to get that going thank you very much for everyone out there who sent in questions really appreciate it I think we got some great ones in here today uh, and we're we're probably going to be getting one of these in uh, at least every couple of weeks hopefully every couple of weeks if not every three or four weeks at the very most because I really like where these are going. I think this is the best way for you to get your questions answered. And it's also, I think as as we go through these, we might start piling up a little bit more questions just as people become more comfortable sending them in. Um, but enough of that, I wanted to also mention one last piece uh, before we get started here today that I will be going into two uh, podcasts a week now. We're going to be going into, I started it last week, it seemed to go well, this is the second one of this week Um, and I really think this is going well so we're going to continue this trend and see how long we can take it. Uh, Hopefully I don't miss any weeks there, hopefully we get this in for as long as possible but let's get going with this and the first question uh, today here is from Jessica in Toronto and she asks what is the best workout for weight loss so what is the best workout that you can do for weight loss that's a really good question because I think a lot of individuals really start with that you know they try to figure out what the best approach is to working out right from the start and it's, it's a really interesting question because there really isn't any answer what there is an answer to though is what is the worst workout you can do maybe not the worst workout but probably a a less effective workout for losing weight so um, I think we need to first address losing weight itself and understand what the concept is and how to kind of approach it kind of from a global perspective yes there are going to be individual cases where things may not work out as as the way as well as we'd like but there is kind of a, a nice blanket statement we can kind of apply over everything and we won't be terribly wrong we'll be Pretty much in that ballpark uh, for the most part. Now, the, the understanding for workouts that are going to help you with weight loss is really based on consistency. Uh, consistency is probably going to be your biggest contributor to your weight loss. So what I mean by that is uh, if you're only doing these workouts on a very occasional basis, you're not going to have the benefits that you're going to want to get out of them, right? We have to really understand that working out is kind of like a lifestyle change. It can't just be one-on-one offs to expect such dramatic results. You know, sometimes those dramatic results do occur even with very minimal exercise, but for the most part, it needs to be a substantial increase in physical activity. So it doesn't mean you have to be working out nine hours a day, but it means that if you're only going to work out one, hour a day means the next nine to 10 to 15 hours of your day, depending on how long you're going to be awake, you want to try to be as active as possible. So you want to walk around, you want to do a couple of things that are going to keep you active. And that's really where the majority of results are going to come from. Now, in terms of the workout in the gym... You also want to make sure that when you are in the gym, you're being as effective as possible because that's where you're going to be getting the majority of your calories per minute spent doing physical activity, right? Like you're going to be burning more calories in the gym per minute than you would walking around at work or doing, you know, cleaning around the house. So there's really, you really got to want to, you really want to try to take advantage of that and really put yourself in the best position to do that, especially when you're trying to lose weight. Now, when it comes to the workouts that are going to be less effective, I think I'm going to start there because I think it's easy to kind of weed those couple out. And there's not that many. There's only a couple. And I and I mean, they are effective. They might they might not be as effective as we'd like. So that's, I think that's the major point that we want to remember. So the first one that I would say is probably not going to be the best one for you is is powerlifting, strongman lifting, basically just trying to do maximal strength work. The reason that's not going to work as well uh, simply comes down to the fact that when you are working out, to gain maximal strength, it's very much nervous system based. You're not trying to increase the density for the most part. It's not the main goal of the workout. The main goal is to get recruit as much of the nervous system as you can to pick up as much weight as you possibly can. Yes, we can make some arguments about how, you know, lifting a lot of weight is going to be more uh, stress in your body, this is just going to cause all these different hormones and all the cascading effect on da 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 but in reality, majority of individuals that are asking this question are probably early on in their workout phase, or they've been doing a couple of things that haven't really worked that well, it's rarely going to be someone who has experience because powerlifting is something that is more experience-based. You have to be uh, more or less a veteran lifter, someone who's got at least two to three years, I'd say easy two to three years, sorry, under their belt. Before you start jumping into strongman lifting, because it's so demanding, it's so stressful in the body, you don't want to just kind of jump into it quickly. So really, that's not a place you're gonna be want to be. You're gonna want to be venturing. Um, I mean, if you're, if your goal does change from weight loss, or you achieve your weight loss goal and then you want to head back into it, yeah, it's another alternative. Uh, but again, it's not gonna be one that's gonna be uh, predominantly useful for losing weight. The other one is very similar to it, but it's a little bit more in the it's a little bit more of a power, explosive type of movement, which is Olympic lifting. Now, Olympic lifting has picked up quite a bit of popularity over the last couple of years, probably the last five to ten years, due to CrossFit um, becoming more of a mainstream style of of working of workouts. And in CrossFit, Olympic liftings uh, Olympic lifting has been uh, a big component of that style of workout now while Olympic lifting is great if you want to use it for cardio it's not exactly where I'm going to be talking about what I'm going to be talking about right now I'm talking about the 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 main the real Olympic lifting where it becomes the only aspect that you're working on so it's your entire focus so you're focusing purely on lifting as much weight or being as powerful as possible snatches power cleans stuff like that so real Olympic lifting um and doing it for, doing it as a sport is essentially what I mean by it's not, uh, is the, is the area where I think you're not going to be getting the best results. And again, the same thing holds true for Olympic lifting. It's very much nervous system based. So you're trying to move a lot of weight. You're trying to be very explosive with it. You're not doing a tremendous amount of volume. It's very controlled. It's very explosive for short periods of time with lots of rest in between, very technique oriented. Now, Having said technique, that brings me into the other uh, component that really ties into both of these two as I mentioned strongman is a very 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 experience-based lift that same thing holds true for olympic lifting uh, the reason I don't do a lot of olympic lifting with a lot of my athletes especially hockey players is yes it has to do with the hips and the shoulders and the knees and the all that but it really comes down to the technique I don't have a lot of time to you know waste trying to teach them technique on olympic lifting so I'm not gonna be using it a lot. And the reason it's so technique oriented is because you're trying to move so fast in such a short period of time that your technique is the most crucial thing because if you lack technique, your likelihood of injury skyrockets. Now, Olympic lifting is not a bad thing. It's not a terribly dangerous thing, but there is a technique aspect that's very important. So when you are starting off and when you are new to this uh, or you aren't a seasoned, I like to say seasoned veteran in the gym, Olympic lifting is not a great place to start because it's such a high technique oriented uh, movement that you're probably better off doing other things and building into it. And that's pretty much the reason why I wouldn't go with either of those two. Now... The best types of workout, as I mentioned before, it really comes down to consistency. So you can do, you know, hypertrophy training, which is like 8 to, 10, uh, eight to 12 reps or 6 to 12 reps. You can make that argument, 6 to 12 reps, let's say. Um, that's going to be a good area to kind of build some muscle. It's also a good rep range for you to kind of burn some, burn off some calories because you're building more muscle, which is subsequently going to be burning more calories throughout the day. Uh, even higher reps, uh, higher rep training. So. 12 and up is another alternative that you can use it's a lot less technique oriented it's less strenuous on the technique so you don't have to be as cautious about uh, about how your body's moving it's a lot easier for you to make a slight error but still be able to recover the likelihood of you injuring because of an error is very small um and it's also going to be a lot easier for you to kind of get that heart rate up so it's going to constantly do two things it's going to build muscle it's going to keep that heart rate up so you're likely to burn more calories workout session it's also something that you can mix into kind of a circuit where you're doing uh, three or four different exercises that are going to be lower intensity but higher volume less uh less rest in between and just getting more in in that workout that's going to increase that volume which therefore plays into the total volume of your entire day which is what we're trying to go for now um a lot of these are very, are very, you know, I, I've kind of, these are the, the rules of thumb that I play with. Now, some people do use Olympic lifting and strength training or whatever the case may be to burn some fat. Yes, they do work. I'm talking about that. Yes, but there, it's probably more of a thin slice of individuals where that's going to be effective. It's a lot more likely that you're going to be able to do the, you know, the circuit training, the supersets, the regular workouts, the cardio that's going to be more likely to work for the average population or for the, for the grand majority of individuals going to the gym. So I would probably start there. And if that doesn't work, then you can maybe explore. But again, it really comes down to your skill set to try strength training or powerlifting. But really, everything works. It really comes down to consistency. It really does. The volume that you do throughout your day is going to be much is going to be very important as well. And also, you know, nutrition. You can't outwork a bad diet. It's not possible. You can't do it. So, getting into question number two, this is from Danielle in Ottawa. She asks. Um, Sorry, I just jumped past the question here. Should you cons- what should you consider when you want to start running? So, probably I think she's probably more of a of of a seasoned runner, if I'm not mistaken, and she just wants to know what to do when you start running during the season or you start a new running season. So it is may the weather's getting better out here. A lot more people are running, even though I know some people were probably running in April, but the weather was just kind of yo-yoing around so it was really hard to kind of get in and out of that. You were kind of falling in and falling out of it. So there's a couple of things you want to pay attention to. I would tell you that the three most important things, uh, really all kind of play in, uh, playing with each other but it's uh it, it very much comes down to mileage uh so mileage is basically the amount of miles you do throughout your day so if you're a runner you already know what that is uh sorry the amount of miles you do throughout an entire week sorry not a day well you can't say day but mostly we generally talk about it throughout an entire week so mileage is basically where you track how much you're you're running throughout that week. And as you progress further and further and further, you get closer to the race, you start increasing that mileage because your experience improves, yada, yada, yada. Now, when you want to start, I would tell you that Uh, mileage is probably going to be the most important factor simply because you haven't, you probably haven't, you may have, but you probably haven't been running throughout the entire winter season and you're just trying to use it now because the weather's nice. You want to get out, get some runs in. So you can use... Uh, a progressive approach I would highly recommend a progressive approach and I would err on the side of caution uh, especially when you're trying to you know build that progressive mileage up and the reason I say that is it's a whole hell of a lot easier to you know, miss a couple of miles at the beginning, kind of slowly ramp it up. You know, maybe drop the performance by a tiny bit when when comes time for running or racing. Um, but in reality, it's going to have a far less of an effect than trying to ramp things up too early or start way too high too early and end up being injured that's we want to avoid the goal is to avoid injuries because we want to increase the amount of running we can do in that season now if you're from montreal you're from toronto you're from canada chances are that your running season is very small now if you're from california you know the bay area florida yes or even phoenix your your running time is going to be or your running ability is going to be a lot longer your season's a lot longer so it's easier for you to kind of jump into a higher mileage because you're you're probably going to be able to spread that running out maybe take a week off i don't really know how the weather is during the winter there i'm pretty sure it's nowhere near ours but you're going to be able to continue that running a lot longer so it's less it's it's a far less important now Number two would be your shoes. I would tell you that if you were running last year with shoes and you weren't running this year with shoe, with those same shoes, uh, you're, you're, the shoes that you're going to be using, you're going to have to break them in. So if you get a new pair of shoes and you haven't carried over last year's to this year, you're going to need a new pair of shoes. You're going to be... You're, and sorry, and you need a new pair of shoes, you're going to need to break them in. A lot of individuals just slap on a pair of shoes right out the door they go and they start running a bunch of miles. And then in a couple of weeks, they're like, man, I can't understand why my foot hurts. I've got plantar fasciitis. I've got shin splints. My knee hurts, my hip hurts, my back hurts, the whole thing. The reason that's happening is because our shoe needs to really be part of our body it can't be the other way around we can't just start putting on a shoe and just expect to run out the door and we'll be fine i would recommend probably putting the shoe on throughout your day walking around a bit with it trying to break it in trying to get it used to your body and your mechanics and then heading out for a little bit of a run and again progressive you know it yes it may take it may take like you know 10 kilometers 15 kilometers 20 kilometers to break it in but in that time frame you damage is done you've probably already put yourself in a position to be injured and now your body's moving differently your mechanics are off and just that amount of mechanics and just that amount of mileage that you're going to be putting on at that short period of time your body's not going to be tolerate, tolerating it anywhere near as well as if you were a little bit later on in the season and you were just trying to squeeze out a new pair of shoes and trying to you know get it out there and kind of cut corners a bit your body's going to be a lot more forgiving in that time now if you're carrying your old shoes over remember you have not been running so your mechanics in your body from you know i don't know october november time to now let's say march april may definitely not going to be the same So you wanna make sure that the shoes you had last year, you're not carrying them forward this year. Now you may, if you wanna cut corners and maybe try to save a bit, I would highly recommend that hundred to one hundred fifty dollars you're going to spend on a new pair of shoes, potentially even two hundred if you really want to push that envelope, is not going to compare to the six seven hundred dollars you're going to have to spend to just get treatment done on on your shin splints, on your plantar fasciitis if you are using old shoes because your your entire mechanics, your body's mechanics have changed. You've either gained weight, lost weight, uh, you haven't been running, you've trained, you you're adjusted. All these factors are all playing in together, so you want to make sure those things are holding true so the three things that i really think are going to be your uh your mileage being progressive making sure you've got new shoes and finally the final thing i would tell you to do is start focusing on your recovery your recovery is so important Uh, i think a lot of individuals kind of overlook the recovery portion of their workout and the reason they overlook it is because it kind of becomes an afterthought they think you know, oh, I've got 20 or I've got, sorry, 20 minutes. I've got, you know, an hour and a half to run. I don't want to spend 20 minutes at the beginning warming up and then 20 minutes at the end cooling down. And now I've cut off more than half of my workout. The reason you don't want to do that is because, yes, you may be shaving off some of your running time, but the chances of you actually destroying your body by not cooling down properly and not foam rolling or not stretching properly and not doing the things you need to do to kind of recover properly for your next run is probably going to be a lot more detrimental to your performance than you shaving time off the front and the back end of those workouts right running we know we know right off the bat running is going to be a lengthy a lengthy sport it's a lengthy style of training uh, some of you may be going for a half hour 45 minutes run hour runs yeah it's possible but a lot of individuals that are training for you know marathons that you know that hour 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 and 10 minute run you know, followed by you know a proper cool down, uh, by stretching and formaling, and a proper war- and being preceded by a proper warm up, is is really a lengthy sport. So you have to understand that concept, and you have to know how to allocate that amount of time that you need to properly just prepare for it. We, we can't just treat it like you know we're we're twelve and we're just going to go out and run. You know, twelve year olds will get out there, they'll run for thirty minutes, they'll be fine the next day, have no issues. When you start cracking, once you start passing 25, you start really tapering off and your your ability to recover really starts dropping quickly. So you really have to keep that in mind. The, the older you get, the more attention you have to spend and the more consistent you have to be with your recovery and your warmups. It's they're easily one of the most vital components of working out. Forget just running of warming of working out. Period. So I would tell you that those three three things are the most crucial: the type of shoes, the mileage, and your warm up and cool down. So, uh, this one went on a little bit longer. This is pushing 20 minutes here. Sorry guys for dragging on a little bit longer. There was just so much I wanted to get out and I wanted to get two questions in. So it wasn't just kind of, uh, you know, one question based and I'd have to be doing these every week to get all these questions, get all the answers to these questions. So if you guys have any questions that you want answered send them in to me comment let me know however you want to send them out to me get those questions out to me tell me that you want these questions answered on the show um and we will definitely get that i'll we will there's no one else here i will definitely get those out for you and get those answered for you if you guys haven't subscribed the button is right down there leave a comment Definitely hit like if you liked it. And until next time, guys, keep building that foundation. For more fitness tips, tricks, and ideas, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Owen. That's B-A-B-A-K-O-W-E-N. Music for the Foundation First Fitness Show provided by Beware of Darkness. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes.